awesome. We're live, and it has been a while since I've been on one of these because the playing tournament, obviously, the Jazz had that week break. Nate took game one. Here I am, game two. And I am glad I got to cover game two instead of game one because obviously game one was rough. Uh, some of the worst basketball I've seen the Jazz play in forever. The good news, like just my quick take from game one, even though that was some of the worst basketball I've ever seen the Jazz play, it's good news that we only lost by two. Especially with Mitchell out, us playing awful, we only lost by two in game one. For, for those who are like, like you, you may be a little confused if you just hopped in in the middle of that. But that's my quick take from game one. Game two... Like, I don't know if there's... I'll give my quick negative, my, my like, two negative points. Obviously, the third quarter, and I'm, I'm sure all of you uh, who watched the game saw that, understand that that th- third quarter was a little rough. Um, and honestly, I don't think it was that the Jazz were playing necessarily bad. It's just a few slipped-up possessions led to them coming back a little further than we like and and like kudos to the Grizzlies they never gave up especially like when you're in the mindset where you you're playing the one seed you're the eight seed everything's stacked against you you're playing away and you already stole one from them at home it can be easy to coast when you're down by 20 the Grizzlies never coasted so we're in for a good series like no matter what happens hopefully it's a shorter one uh, for the Jazz's sake, but good job with the Grizzlies, like keeping the Jazz honest with everything, even when the Jazz were up by a ton, and the Grizzlies brought it back and and almost took the lead after that huge thing. Um, but yeah, I'll hop into the game, and and to oh and and I said I'd have my two negative points. My other negative point, and it's not even like it's not that bad compared to how the Jazz have played in past games. Um. But, like, turnovers, uh, a couple sloppy turnovers here and there. Um, and, honestly, it didn't play that big of a role. I, I just don't like seeing them, um, especially, when, like, sometimes you saw the Jazz building some great momentum, three plays in a row uh, with, like, either they force a tough shot on defense or got a stop on defense, and then on offense they go and score on the other end. And then if, if that fourth play, just like keep that momentum going is huge. If you turn the ball over, it kind of breaks all that down. So that that's my other thing. They turned the ball over more than the Grizzlies, but it wasn't as bad as I've seen it, it uh, with the Jazz in the past. Uh, I want to jump into some quick stats here and, and give you my quick rundown of the game. Obviously, there's not a ton to dig into because it was a blowout and Donovan Mitchell was amazing. But I will give you a few... Like, just kind of some stat highlights that I, I liked from the Jazz. And then I'll, I'll go into that rundown and analysis. But the Jazz shot incredible. Uh, they shot over 50% from the field. They shot almost 50% from three, shooting 19 for 39, which is awesome. Especially looking at game one where they could not buy a three. Um, so that was great to see. Free throws were tough. I'm blaming that mostly on Gobert. He had a rough night from from the line. Um, if if he had made a couple more of those, then the free throws would have been up above 80%, which is where you want to see them as a team. Um, 
and they weren't even that rough. They were 77%. That's not the worst thing in the world. Um, everything else from team stats is awesome. Uh, just good game from the Jazz. The box score is really, like, sometimes the box scores are really boring with Jazz games because it's, like, the scoring is, like, it can be spread out so well every night. Um, but quick call out. I'm not going to spend much time on the Grizzlies box score, but quick call out to John Morant for being a beast and almost dropping 50 points in a second playoff game ever. Um, he's scary. Uh, this Grizzlies team is better than a lot of people thought they were. They're better than I thought they were because I never saw them play like this in the season. Uh, obviously, the only three times that I really saw them play were when they played the Jazz, and that's not really the best showcase of this Grizzlies team, obviously, as we've been seeing. But John Morant is insane, as we all probably know, but we all got to witness that tonight. Um, so he's even if it's a short series, even if it ends in five, John Morant's going to like make it tough on the Jazz. Uh, looking at the Jazz box score, though, like so we had two single-digit scoring with Favors and Yang. Everyone else who played was double digits. So that's seven people in double-digit scoring. We had 14, 14, 16, 18, 20, 21, 25. That's awesome. Um, I don't think anyone really had a bad game. Favors wasn't great. He had good moments. Um, but uh, this is what I've been noticing is, it, I don't know if this is Favors, just maybe he didn't have a great season this year, or if it's just Gobert is that good, that Gobert makes a really good power forward center look bad in comparison with because it's like when favors is on the floor the jazz don't look like a great team and i'm not saying favors is bad but i'm maybe that's just go bears that good but irrelevant into this game uh so I'll, I'll just give a quick call out to like our three all-stars those are the three stat lines i want to dig into um i'll I'll start with Conley because there's I have less to say about him. Obviously, he's playing his former team. Um, he has some stuff to prove. He wants a deep playoff run. He hasn't had many deep playoff runs in his career, even though he's been on a lot of good teams. So he has something to fight for here. Obviously, the whole Jazz team has something to fight for. But he really kept the team together when Gobert and Mitchell were sitting. Um, he And... And he played with Gobert a lot, but like there were times where he was out there, he was like really keeping stuff together at times. I think I'm thinking of like one or two stretches specifically, because I'm pretty sure Conley and Gobert did play together most of the game. But he had 20 points, 15 assists. We don't see this much from Conley. He's he's a good point guard, but we don't see this many assists. So it's awesome to see this kind of effort coming out in the playoffs, especially after a rough first game. Um. So I love seeing that from Conley. He played great. He gave us exactly what we needed, and he was efficient while while doing that. Um, I'll jump to Gobert next because I have the most to say about Mitchell. But Gobert had an awesome night as well. We've seen games like this from Gobert before. I feel like recently we haven't seen a ton of them. But 21 points, 13 rebounds, incredible. And Gobert, um, anyone who watched this game, and I'm it's a playoff game, I'm guessing a lot of people were tuning in hoping to see the Grizzlies beat the Jazz two games in a row. So there might have been some more people who weren't Jazz fans or Grizzlies fans tuning in than normal. 
I'm hoping anyone who watched this game really realizes how big of a difference maker Gobert is. Because he had 21 points, 13 rebounds, 4 blocks. And on paper, that's like, okay, that's a good game. I don't think, like, uh, uh, if you don't didn't watch the game, like, it's tough to understand how big of an impact those 4 blocks had. Um, a lot of times those bo- blocks were, like, at influential parts of the game. So... That was huge. And just on defense, him being there made it tough. Um, like, uh, this is, um, and I haven't, I didn't watch every single Jazz game this season. So, but the, there is a difference I've been noticing between like playoff intensity just in general in the NBA and regular season. Like, surprise, I'm pretty sure everyone knew that. This season, um, I feel like I've been noticing that more. And I feel like the defensive effort that Gobert gave tonight is one of his best defensive efforts um, this season. And and that might not be fair because, like I said, I didn't watch every single game, every single minute of every game, but that's, like, he played great defense, and this was some of the best defense I've seen in a long time period. So great job, Gobert. We need to see that not only for the rest of the series, but for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, that's going to be huge. And that's going to be the difference. Like Gobert, if Gobert plays like this, that's the difference maker between like the Jazz capping out at a at a game seven in round two and the Jazz making it and potentially winning a finals. Um, and then Donovan Mitchell, obviously, he was the big headline. He came back. It's been a long time since we've seen him play. There was a little bit of a scare at the end where um, I think everyone had a mini heart attack that he hurt himself again. Seems like he's fine. I'm sure he'll get checked out, and uh, but it, it looks like it's nothing serious, at least I hope. But he came out, and he had that energy, and I could tell and like he wanted to come out and score 40. Obviously, that was going to be really tough because he was on minutes restriction, but he came out with that same aggressiveness. He was playing that way. He was hitting his shots, and so we have playoff Mitchell. I don't think like I think he was a little bit slowed down from not being on the court that long and so he'll need a few games to really get back into perfect form but we have the same intensity that we had from Donovan Mitchell last last playoffs so I'm not anticipating any like major setback from this injury now that he's back um he may be a little bit slower for a few games but I like by the end of the series assuming the Jazz make it out, which I I would bet they would. I don't think that's going to be anything to worry about for the Jazz. Um, so with those stats, I, I, I kind of gave my a lot of my take there. but And I saw some of your comments in the chat here. I do want to talk about the rest of the series. I, I gave, if you missed it, I, my brief rundown of, of game one was that was some of the worst basketball I've seen the Jazz play. And honestly, it was some of the worst basketball I've seen in a long time, especially considering how many open shots they just missed, the lack of energy and all that stuff. So that's game one. Um, and and the good news from game one is even with Mitchell out and with playing awful basketball, the Jazz were still able to muster a comeback and bring it within like it was a close game. Like we, we almost won if if. Bojan had hit a ridiculous shot at the end of game one. So that's the good news. Game two, we came out here with great energy. 
um, Mitchell's back, and and I think this is kind of what we were expecting from a a Jazz Grizzly series were games like this. Um, with with everything that's going on, assuming that there's no major injuries to either side, I think the Jazz got a huge confidence boost. I uh, at the same time though, the Grizzlies aren't backing down and. And I'm sure John Morant has a ton of, um, like a huge confidence boost from almost scoring 40. And I bet he he's he's going to come out and try to score 40 every game, or I mean score 50. Excuse me. I bet he's going to come out and try to score 50 every game for the rest of the season. So with that being said, before I hop into the chat, my quick prediction for the rest of the series is that there's going to be some tough games, and there's going to be, um several more flagrant and, and technical flat fouls unfortunately that's probably what's going to happen I think it's going to get heated towards the end of the series but I think the Jazz are going to win out and it will be Jazz in five um, that was my prediction initially even if Mitchell never came back this series I'd probably still predict the Jazz to win it'd probably be a Jazz in six or worst case scenario Jazz in seven um, situation but I think now Mitchell's back as long as he stays healthy. Um, And even if the Jazz have a subpar game, I think the Jazz have what it takes to to pull out any game against the Grizzlies, even with the same playoff intensity that the Grizzlies are giving us. No disrespect to the Grizzlies. I think they're an awesome team, and they're really proving that they have some up-and-coming talented players that most of the NBA probably didn't know about until this series. But I just think that's how that's how it plays out. But watch out for the Grizzlies in the next two, three years. Like uh, they're going to keep a lot of this core together, and they're going to be scary here. They're going to be taking home court advantage here pretty soon in a few seasons. But that's my prediction. I'll I'll hop into the comments. I see there's a ton here, so I'll have plenty to to catch up on. But real quick, just a couple like almost housekeeping items. I don't know. Announcements. I don't know what you want me to call them. Um, just give you more time to like the video and, and comment whatever you want to comment before I, I start hopping in this. But um, if you weren't on the stream last time for game one, um, Nate talked. I, I don't know how much he talked about it um, because it was late and I, I don't know. It's been a crazy week, so I'm exhausted right now, but that that win kind of kept me going, but we are on the Newsbreak app, which is a cool app for local news. Um, and our uh, our exact videos won't be on there. Like we're we're still trying to figure it out, but it would help us a ton if you're a fan of this channel. If you're a fan of the jazz, it would honestly help us a ton if you click the link here in uh, the in the pinned chat comment, whatever you want to call it. Um, download the app, follow us on Newsbreak. That would mean a lot to us, and that would really help us out. If you already have the app, just go to it and follow, follow Called Bank Sports. Um, it, it's honestly a cool app. Um, so I've I've enjoyed it both as I've I've only been on it a little bit, both as a like to read the news and to post videos. But I think it's pretty cool. Um, also, actually, I'll save that stuff for later when when playoff hype isn't as crazy. But we are Nate and I are trying to figure out new 
kinds of videos that we'll be putting out in the summer. So we'll pr- like make sure to tune into live streams because we may be asking you guys about your input on different kinds of videos that we want to put out. Um, and that's where we hear your input. So um, yeah, make sure to tune into these, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you make sure to not miss anything like that. Uh, with that being said, I will hop into the live chat, which looks like it's active after an awesome jazz win. Um, yeah, so jazz and five, that was my prediction, and, and that comment is actually what kind of triggered me to make that prediction before before I hopped in there. Um, uh, Sawyer says there were so many fouls. That's one thing I wanted to bring up earlier, but I guess I'll talk about that now. Um, this is my hot take that you can beat me up for in the comments if you really want to. But I honestly think the um, Grizzlies kind of got screwed over by the refs of this game. I don't think it would have turned the tables one way or the other, but there were a lot of fouls that the refs called that I thought were garbage fouls. And I just think it was like, like Valanch, I forget who he's guarding. It was like Conley or something, but Valanch noticed there was a mismatch and he was guarding Conley. And on the perimeter, he just bodied him up. It's not like he pushed him or anything. And the ref called him called a foul for that. And I saw several other things like that. Um, so I I don't like it when refs do that. I want them. I want there to be a little bit of physicality. And I felt like the refs were being really generous with the Jazz and letting the Jazz play physically, but they weren't letting the Grizzlies play physically, which is annoying. Uh, like I said, though, I don't think it happened enough. Or, and I don't think it happened enough early on, especially for it to really make a huge difference in how this game would have turned out. Um, Nate says, uh, Memphis is still scary, I think six. So, and and that could totally happen. I, I would not be shocked if Memphis pulls out another game. I just think the Jazz have what it takes that even in close games, I'd give the edge to the Jazz like eight times out of ten in this matchup. Um, and yeah, and, and Nate was, was talking about the, the like just tacky fouls. I, I didn't notice it a ton early on. Maybe you, you guys did, but I, I feel like it was more towards the end, which I think is lame, especially when the jazz were up by 15. Um, you like just let them play at that point. Um, Oh, that's interesting. 50 fouls called, 69 free throw attempts. That's a lot. Um, dang. Um, yeah, hope Donovan is fine. Um, Sawyer says O'Neal did good. Let's, um, so he had 14 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. And one thing that may be overlooked, especially if you're just looking at the box score, is O'Neal... Um, I think this is when the Grizzlies came back and they were only down by two and O'Neal hit a three to really like stop that run. And that really pushed the jazz into starting to build their lead again. So that was clutch of him. I'm, I'm really like O'Neal is one of the most underrated players in the league. And and now that the jazz are good, he might, he might be properly rated by a lot of people, but um, just because he doesn't put up the best numbers, but he's a great defender. He consistently gets rebounds, which is huge for the Jazz. That's that's why they're one of the uh, better rebounding teams. 
and he can hit a three, and he hit four threes tonight, so I'll take it. Um, <laughs> Nate says, talk about a quiet 47 from Ja, though. I know that was he he did go off. I I think there was a point where he just clicked where he realized like like I need to score and that's going to be our best chance of winning. It it, it almost felt like Donovan Mitchell in the Nugget series last year where that's why he had he was ridiculous and there's just times um if you I remember watching those games and there were times where the Jazz offense just couldn't buy a bucket. So Donovan Mitchell just took it over and he hit ridiculous shots and it worked and that's kind of what John Morant was doing tonight um okay I lost my spot where am I okay so Nate says the the whole team did a really good job hopefully Jazz can keep the energy for Friday yeah and on Friday like they have to fly to Tennessee I'm guessing they're doing that tomorrow but it's late so I'm guessing they're doing that tomorrow so Thursday's a travel day and then they have to get ready for the game so but if they come with that energy and I'm sure they will because as the playoffs it's a little easier to get energized even when you're away like I don't know what the how many fans are allowed in Memphis but whatever fans will be there will be will will make the atmosphere as great as they can um so yeah hopefully the energy's there I almost lost it when Mitchell left and headed for the locker room. Yeah, that was scary. Like, I, you could tell Quinn was not happy about uh, and and this is some speculation, but I'm guessing like because Donovan Mitchell came out and he was like at first he was more on the perimeter, so he wasn't quite as aggressive. He was just hitting good shots, but later on he was going and trying to make the most athletic moves possible. I think this was a, a statement game for Mitchell in more ways than one. Obviously, you've heard the news about um, like Mitchell and the Jazz organization, like the relationship being a little tense because of him not being allowed to play in game one. Um, so I think he was coming and coming out and trying to prove, like, no, I'm I I still have everything. I'm 100 percent healthy, and I think that scared Quinn Snyder. And I'm pretty sure, and like I said, this is just speculation, but there were some times where Quinn Snyder pulled Donovan Mitchell aside, and I'm pretty sure he was telling him, like, look, we're up by 20. This is game two of the first round. You don't need, like, don't be that aggressive. Like, I love I love the effort, but you haven't played in five weeks or whatever it's been. So I'm guessing, like, that's kind of the vibe I was getting from him. Obviously, I wasn't in the building, this is just like what the camera is telling me, so I may be 100% off there, but that's my opinion. Um, Dylan Brooks is having an impressive series. Yeah, he, I, I remember at the beginning of the season, there were some people talking about him and and how like he he was having a good start to the season. I think he, and I believe he was their second highest scorer overall, so he had a pretty good season. And I, it's like him and Anderson are are sneaky because they're they're the kind of players that I I don't really expect a ton from, but they come up big and they can make big plays. Uh, obviously, Brooks a little more consistently than Anderson. Brooks had twenty three points in twenty eight minutes, which 
is pretty close. Like, and and Mitchell had twenty five and twenty six. So those are really similar point to minute ratios. Obviously, Mitchell's was was a touch better, but Brooks had a good game, and and his, and his minutes were a little lower because of the foul trouble that he got on early on. But yeah, he's someone the Jazz have to worry about. And in our preview video, we were talking about how Brooks is like not someone the Jazz really are going to need to worry about. And I was talking about how I'm pretty sure Royce O'Neal can can clamp him down all all game long. And that has not been the case, um, especially since like I've noticed that the Jazz are putting Conley primarily on Morant, but when Morant started going off, they they tried to stick O'Neal and some other defenders on him to to try to stop him, and it turns out he's unstoppable. So so the Jazz will have to live with that for for the rest of the series. Um, let's see. Um, so Nate said that he, he was at the game and he feels like no one, um, no one was used to cheering for 48 minutes. He lost his voice in six, in the first six minutes. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> that, that would, cause that's something that it doesn't always come through on the TV, especially when for a year we've been used to like fake fan noise being pumped into the building just to make us think it was real. Um, which obviously like that's really easy to pick out. Um, so yeah, that, that, that would be interesting. Like to compare playoff years from, cause the last playoff game, I actually went with Nate, the last jazz playoff game I went to, and it was two years ago when they beat the Rockets at home. So it was, it was these, they lost in five, but it was the one game that they won. And I remember that was r- crazy loud, especially towards the end when we, when we knew that the jazz were going to pull that one out. Um, but that's interesting. Um, something you don't think about when you're gone from sports that long. Um, Sawyer says, uh, who do you think will play in the finals if we make it? Um, it's, if you saw my bracket, it, I, I put the bucks as, as the winners in the East. And I, I had the Jazz beating the Bucks. Honestly, I, I went into it not thinking I would have the Jazz win. But I played out the scenarios and um I don't know. I liked the I liked the odds of the Jazz winning the best. But I also really liked the odds of the Nuggets and they might not be there. But but so I'm I'm going to stick with Bucks for now, but obviously there's I think there's three real contenders. And the Sixers, the Bucks, and the the Nets. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if any of them make it. I watched the first game of the Bucks Heat series, and I was not impressed with the Bucks. Uh, Giannis, he he seemed really soft in that game. But from what I, I I didn't watch game two of that series, but it sounds like the the Bucks really turned things around and and crushed the Heat in that second game. So I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But that's who I'll pick for now. That go bear block on Morant though, this this one I, that was that had to be a top, I don't know top five block of this year, if not like top three maybe I don't know that that was ridiculous because Morant Morant went up there with such confidence, he was above the rim ready to throw it down, and and Gobert just right position 
Uh, perfect defense went straight up and got the block. Uh, he, he had some other, like, nothing quite to that level, but he had his other three blocks were solid as well. Um, I think they were huge. Um, okay. Um, yeah, and, and Nate, Nate and I talked about, like, uh, I'm pretty sure, I think I've told you guys before, but like, so Nate and I will will talk before we record an episode, then we'll record an episode, then we'll talk after we record. So I'm never quite sure what makes it onto the episode, um, but I'm pretty sure this part made it that we were talking about who we like, what the three situations for if the Jazz make the finals, the Sixers, Bucks, Nets, and how those play out, and how it's like, Bucks are the best chance for the Jazz to win. Sixers make the best series, um, but Nets would be like an awesome storyline if the Jazz do win, because there's that like David versus Goliath. But the and and the Nets are the overall favorite, but they have the most talent. But we'll see. Favorites have definitely lost in the playoffs before. Um, Sorry says, yeah, my friend went to last game, and and every game he goes to, they lose. And play bad. And my other friend went today and and he goes in the win. You know what? I'm I'm not normally superstitious, but your friend who always goes when the Jazz lose, he can't go during the playoffs. Like <laughs> just just to be like two hundred percent sure. He can go in the regular season. Cause I'm I'm not as superstitious there, but in the playoffs, when this much is on the line, like to Sawyer tell your friend to to stay away from the games maybe even stay away from the watch parties just to be safe um and so it has the 76ers um playing the jazz in the finals with the jazz winning um honestly though like stepping away from it and thinking of all the potential finals combinations um i think jazz jazz 76ers would probably be the most interesting one. Like, 76ers definitely from the East, and maybe the, I don't know, Jazz or the Nuggets against the 76ers would be some awesome... <clears throat> there would be a lot of good basketball in those series. Um, Because both Jazz and Nuggets and 76ers, all three of those teams, have great centers. And so that you see that, and they also obviously have like good supporting casts around them. Um, so Nate says that he's interested to see what the Jazz need to do to slow Morant down the next couple of games. And that's a difficult one because Morant is just, uh, especially when he plays at this level, I there's only so much you can do to slow him down. You can only slow him down to a certain extent. But I wouldn't, like, uh, Nate was predicting that uh, O'Neal would, would guard Morant, like, the whole game. And... I don't know, like, they might need O'Neal on Brooks more uh, just because of the size thing, and I, like, I don't know. I guess you could put Conley on, on Anderson, but then you, you're left with Mitchell on Brooks. Uh, but I don't know. It's tough. Like, I, it's not that the Grizzlies match up great, but um, I think I think it just comes down to 
stopping his first step, which O'Neal is probably better than Conley. So in that case, if if that's what it comes down to and the Jazz need to stop Morant to win, you'd need to put O'Neal on on Morant. And you'd need to, I don't know, like maybe give Favors a, a few minutes of power forward. You could test that out. That might be able to give Gobert a little bit more... Uh, freedom to move away from Valanciunas in the post in order to step up and stop any Morant drives. Uh, but Mar- even when even when Gobert had the freedom to do that, I feel like Morant handled Gobert's defense really well most of the time, except for that block, obviously. Um, good to know that uh, apparently there's a little smudge on the left side of all my videos. I don't see that on my end, so I'll definitely clean my camera right after this and make sure that's that's taken care of. Good to know. Thanks. Um, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, Nate says the Grizzlies have a have a good future. I'm ex- like. I think John Morant is one of those stars that he's he's easy to root for. Um so I uh, like I I'm sure I'm not alone. I bet I bet most of you were were kind of following Morant's career to a certain extent as well and kind of rooting for him. So I'm ex- and he has a good core. Like him and Jaron Jackson Jr are probably going to stay in Memphis for a long time and build build some solid teams. Um so yeah, I'm excited to see see where that goes. Um, William says I don't want to be that guy, but the rest were awful. They were. Um, I'm. T- I hate being that guy as well. I I hate blaming anything on the refs either way. But there are some games where the refs really are just like. There's that that famous saying. I I don't know if it's like if it's popular anymore but I remember all growing up like um because playing basketball you each game I felt like the first three or four minutes was kind of getting used to the refs and so like the famous saying was everyone said all you can ask for a ref is consistency and because everyone calls rules a little differently and so I would spend the first few minutes getting used to the refs know what I was allowed to get away with and what I had to like really follow strictly and and I can tell you like games where refs weren't consistent were the most frustrating because if you're in the third or fourth quarter and you've been doing something all game and the ref finally calls you out for it uh it's it's it can throw you off a lot um but yeah in this case I think there were some awful calls by the refs and I hate when the refs do that, especially like I notice them more towards the end. Maybe you guys noticed that early on, but I hate when it's a blowout and the refs call dinky fouls because at that point, everyone just wants to watch the rest of the basketball that's there and they don't want this game to be prolonged any for any more than it should be. Um, Sources, it would be a shame if we lost the series because we destroyed them in the regular season. Yeah. And, and, like, all this credibility that the Jazz built up, if you think, like, because the Jazz, they had three All-Stars, best record in the NBA, 
Jordan Clarkson won the sixth man of the year. They had another candidate for sixth man of the year, probably going to get coach of the year, defensive player of the year, all that. All these accolades, and then if we lose in the first round, that would be really embarrassing. Um, people would label the Jazz as just a team that can't perform in the playoffs, which would suck. But I think we have it. Like As good as the Grizzlies are and as good as they're playing, um, I really think the Jazz are, are on a different tier. And if the Jazz just don't hit their shots then that's on them, and, and that's really going to be the only way we lose this series. Um, how do the Jazz fare against the Mavericks, assuming that's the next series? I'm not going to write that one in yet, but obviously the Clippers are not looking good against Luka. Luka's killing it. Um, I don't know. This is tough because I feel like, mo- like most of the season, the Mavericks were not great. They were eh. Um, this, like, but obviously towards the end of the series, they played, I think they had the best record at the end of the season as far as the last, like, few weeks out of all teams. And obviously you've seen what Luka's been doing in the playoffs. He's been ridiculous. Um, and honestly, this is a tough one, um. Because for those of you who don't know, like my first team is the Mavs. That's who I grew up rooting for. Um, and obviously I've been covering the Jazz, so I love the Jazz. And and this season I'd almost rather the Jazz win because I, I like how great of a season they've had and how much effort I've been putting into covering them. But how they match up is, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to look at it further because it's a really interesting matchup. I think that would be... I would much rather that series than the Clippers series. One, because I, uh, from, as a Mavs fan, I don't like the Clippers anymore after last playoffs. Um, so I and I so I just don't like watching the Clippers play. So I don't want to have to deal with the stress of watching them for another series against the Jazz. But I think Luke is a fun matchup for the Jazz. I think the Jazz play really well against the Mavericks and their offense and the Mavericks don't have an incredible defense. So I think the jazz will do fine offensively against them. And I think Luca will do what he needs to, but I think overall, and I don't know if it's like Rick Carlisle's setup or or if it's just how the Mavs roster is set up, but I just feel like how everything matches up the jazz system and their pieces are just going to beat, the Mavericks in a seven game series. Um, I, that would probably be a long series though. Um, like a a six or seven, I'd be surprised if there's any shorter than that. Um, uh, jumped me to the bottom to find my spot again. I saw I saw Nate's comment about him beating me up over saying the the Jazz got the worst end of the calls, but that's not where I was. Um, okay, I found it. I found my spot. Okay, so Nate said I'd rather play them than the Clips, but Luca's beast. Um, and William says, yeah, I don't think they were trying. Uh, okay, that's the refing thing. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that would be a really fun series, honestly. Um. And I, and and 
it might just be because I don't feel like we have a ton of data points from the season, so it could turn out in a lot of different ways. But that would be a fun matchup that... Um, and, and maybe it's just because those are my two teams, so I don't know how stressful it would be. With the Clippers versus Jazz, that would be a very stressful um, series for me because I really, really don't want the Clippers to win, and I really, really want the Jazz to win. Um, so may, maybe I'm biased in that. Maybe ask Nate next time, and he, he may be able to give you a more straightforward, honest answer. Um, and, and William says, yeah, I don't think the refs are trying to be biased. I I think they just refed a bad game. And the annoying thing is, I feel like that's been happening more recently. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think that's something the league should definitely spend more resources on it or, or fixing like improving training for refs because like that's always going to be a complaint forever with with sports but I I've been noticing just myself and from other people like just more and more games where they're just saying oh the refs are awful and it's not necessarily because normally it'll just be oh the refs were awful for my team and but I've been noticing more and more in the NBA people are just saying like just all across the board not one side or the other like like what William is saying the refs are just bad <laughs> and, and obviously it's not every game but if that's happening 10% of the time that's too often um and and back to the Mavs matchup like Gobert usually owns Porzingis yeah i think i think the Mavs would honestly need to play more Bojan which they never do, which I think they should. Uh, but if they play the Jazz, they need to play a little bit more Bojan, which Gobert would still own Bojan. It's just Bojan has a slight advantage in some areas on Gobert. Uh, and and they'd need to almost move Porzingis to the four and let him play like that in order to get the most out of him. But, but Porzingis is an awful defender, and he'll beat Gobert on the three, but he's not the most consistent three-point shooter. He's very streaky. Sometimes he'll he'll go crazy, and sometimes he can't hit a shot. So, And in the post, Porzingis just shouldn't be in the post against Gobert. Gobert will beat him like 11 times out of 10. Um, okay, so, um, so it says, for the offseason, Jazz highlights on short. Okay, um, so Jazz highlights on shorts. Old jazz season highlights montage. Cool. We'll we'll and and if anyone else has ideas for off season videos like after the playoffs, let us know. Um, and we'll see what we can do. Uh, we'll we're we're definitely going to try to mix up some of the content that we put out, and and when we have some ideas, we'll we'll let you know and see if if it's something that you're interested in or not. Um, but thanks for the suggestion, Sawyer. We'll we'll keep those in mind um and Williams says yeah there were multiple calls where the jazz player was inches away from even touching the Grizzlies player um and and the jerky shack says officiating felt like it impacted Utah far more um I'd be interested like if I had all the time in the world I would definitely go back and watch this game and, and try to keep track of that a little more um, obviously it's not the most 
it's more of a qualitative thing. You can't really quantify if it's exactly a foul or not. You can get as close as you can with a rule book, but um, it would be interesting to go and, and analyze games from an officiating standpoint and from sev- several other standpoints. Um, but at the end of the day, the Jazz won. So even if it did hurt Utah more, that means Utah played that much better. Um, okay, I'm going to skip some of the refs' comments because I hate bagging on the refs too long, even if they did do awful. Um, what's my favorite Jazz jersey? I have to pull them up to make sure I'm I'm not forgetting anything. And I misspelled jerseys. Um, I really liked the the dark mode that they wore tonight. I um I don't know if that's my favorite though. I don't know. Like as far as like the I'm typically more of a classic jersey i like sometimes it's just the classic white just what would normally like traditionally be the home jersey is typically my favorite for some if you do it right if you like make it look clean enough but the dark mode has grown on me a lot this season when i first saw it i was i was like neutral on it but i don't know and We've seen some great basketball in that jersey, so I'm not against it. Maybe I'll go with that one just because it's it's more of a special jersey. It's it's less of a boring answer than the plain white. Um, let's see. <laughs> Trevor says, "Who else wants to see Nate and Dale in the same room?" We've never filmed anything in the same room for this. We, um, uh, and when we, we started this in, what was it like February or March of 2020. And I used to drive over to Nate's apartment on Saturday mornings. And, and this was when we were just a podcast. So we were only doing audio and we would record in the same room. Um, so yeah, we used to do it in the same room until, until COVID hit, um, Maybe after everything cools down, we we might. But it seems like it's, it's like once everyone's used to doing video calls, it's almost easier to do it that way. We'll see. Um, cool, cool, cool. Um, honestly, guys, I think you beat me. I I'm on. I'm going to have to call it a stream. There's a few comments that I missed. If if like there's a question that I missed that you really wanted me to answer, leave it in the comments and, and I'll get to it. But I am exhausted, just to be straight up. But thanks for joining. And so, so that's why I need to cut it off now. But thanks for joining me. This was awesome. This was an awesome turnout. Uh, this is one of the best chats that we've had going in a long time. Um, so thanks for staying up late doing this awesome win from the jazz um and yeah we're looking forward to to game three that's going to be a good one cool well thanks for joining me have a good night and make sure to tune in for game three Uh, and i'm really hoping for a jazz win there thanks again guys